Hey, you're right. So I've done a little bit more McAfee digging. John McAfee. McAfee. So the documentary that I watched recently was, uh, I think it's called Gringo. And it was, I think it was produced by somebody called Nanette. I can't remember her surname. And I think the documentary was filmed in 2012 or 2013. And it was basically centered around the events that happened up to uh, the death of his neighbor. But it was more like, uh, it wasn't a fly in the wall documentary. It was Nanette, who's, I think she might be a freelance journalist or a documentary filmmaker. She, she was trying to get in contact with John McAfee. So it's like email exchanges, video calls or whatever. And she, she went to Belize and went to see him and spoke to people that worked for him previously. So it's more, uh, trying to uncover the details, trying to uncover a story. I didn't realize that recently, as in like this week, the 24th of August, a new documentary was released about John McAfee. <clears throat> and it was called, oh sorry, it's called Running With The Devil. And it's, I can't remember the rest of the title, I just remember that. But I had no idea. I had no idea there was a new... There was a new documentary out there, and I started to watch it. And it's vastly different to the other one I watched. <laughs> because he actually arranged for these guys to go with him as he's fleeing to Guatemala. So it might sound a bit, it might sound a bit nuts, like why would you want somebody making a documentary about you when you're trying to flee the country? Well, if you watch the documentary, the, the journalists, they know. They know why they're there, but for them, it's a story. They... It could make a name for them. Getting this story out. So, the entire thing is them riding with John McAfee as he's fleeing the country, as he's going through all these different ways to get out of Belize and go to Guatemala. And I'm only maybe about a quarter or half of the way through, so I've not finished watching it, but It's interesting, it's a very different perspective. Because 
you see a side of him. It shows how calculated he can be. Because he wasn't thinking, these guys are gonna come and do a documentary about me and I can get my side of the story out. That's a byproduct. The the reason for them being there is because he knows that the authorities won't try to kill him. That's that's what his primary fear was. That's what he kept saying. He needed to get out of Belize because he feared for his life. And the documentary filmmakers, he brought them in because he knew it would provide cover for him. He knew that regardless of what had happened, John McAfee says that they, the, the Belizean government or police or whoever, wanted to kill him because he wouldn't respond to their demands of extortion. He wouldn't pay them. he wouldn't pay a politician and that's why things spiraled that's 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 what he said and the fear the fear for his life must have been relatively genuine if he brought a documentary film crew on board two guys with cameras to go everywhere with him because he knew that no matter what had happened, a government, a police force, they would not risk shooting or killing somebody and have it caught on camera. Now, I find it all very odd because you've got these guys who were able to find out where he was. <laughs> they were able to establish contact with him. Yet, the authorities never picked him up. Nobody... <laughs> Nobody could go and pick him up, even whilst he was still in Belize. His, uh, his disguises were, well, they weren't really disguises. <laughs> it would be obvious to anyone, but there's one key thing that you need to pick up with his disguises. Now, to pick him up, the media, the media can single him out because they can say he's an antivirus mogul, he's a crazy eccentric guy. That's the attributes they paint of him, right? Now, whilst he's in Belize, he's not a native. He doesn't look like the other people, though, right? His ethnicity is different. He's 
a white American British guy so it would be easy to pick up so what he did with his disguise was to add in a disability i.e. he pretended he had a stroke he'd had a stroke and the consequence of which was his hand he was unable to use one of his hands so it was kind of craned up sort of like chest level and he couldn't he, he said he couldn't move it so you got all this coverage on TV and it's like this white American millionaire mogul is on the run they're not saying a disabled white American millionaire is on the run So when somebody walks into your hotel on the border between Belize and Guatemala and you give them a fake name and you can't really hide your accent and you can't really hide the fact that you're that you look like a white American or British person but he adds the disability with the hand he, he adds that as a defining feature so whilst initially people may not click and think hey that, that's that guy from this on the run he's added a feature that would cast a bit of doubt so he knows or he knew what he was doing even though the the disguises were um, laughable he put talcum powder in his hair and his beard to <laughs> try and whiten it or make it look grey even though it was it had been dyed black or brown or something he, he put this talcum powder in his hair to try and alter the appearance but then he got a, cro he got a cane and uh, he craned his, craned his other hand, his right hand to make it look as though he'd had some sort of disability And then And then when they eventually left Belize <laughs> When they got into Guatemala by boat They had a problem at customs Because they hadn't had the passport stamped to show that they'd exited Belize. So, in essence, they had entered Guatemala illegally. So the passports were flagged by customs. But 
then his girlfriend who's with him the whole time it turns out that her her great uncle is the former attorney general so she says I can call him and he can sort it out he's a lawyer he was a key figure in the former Guatemalan government and it just so happens that <laughs> that John McAfee was uh, he picked that girl had picked that girl to take with him to take her to Guatemala with him even though he had I don't know how many women around him but it was not just uh, not just that girl he could have picked any any one of them but he picked her and then it turned out at a crucial moment that he needed her so was that wishful thinking did he know that he may need uh, that kind of support and that he knew who she was he knew who she was connected to or was it just a case that you know he did actually love her and it's coincidence (laughs) I don't think so because then uh, the journalists start talking about the the guys that are uh, filming the documentary they start talking about how John had hacked the phones and laptops of the Belizean uh, government so he had all this information on them that's a critical thing to remember it's not what you know and it's not who you know It's what you know about those people. It's what you know about who could potentially cause problems for you or who could potentially help you. And I think that's what John McAfee knew. Because he hacked the... or he didn't hack, he installed malware. So he could listen to the government, listen to what they were doing and... court what he said were... um, corrupt corrupt practices things that they were doing that they shouldn't have been so if he was capable of doing that to the Belizean government and he even did it to the I can't remember it was a department in the US government it was in a different video I watched quite a few months ago but he was saying that he gave free laptops with his antivirus software pre-installed. So he was very, very aware of the importance of data. He knew, he knew the way things worked. He knew how the system worked. And what I mean the system, I mean
the systems that keep things running. The systems that keep the world around us running. You see, if you work in an office, there might be some things that you would see that you would say are unfair. I've worked in many places where I've seen things that I would consider unfair. The most prominent thing that I've seen are people in management positions bringing in, bringing in their friends to fill positions. So if you've got friends in high places, they can sort you out. But it breeds corruption. It is essentially a practice of corruption. Because you are not operating and using your power in a in the way that it was intended. You're putting the power, you're giving the power of that position of a leader or manager. And the correct use of that would be to hire people that are capable. You would hire people that are where there's no bias. So if you knew that, if you knew a person. I don't think there's any harm in you saying this person could be they could be right for for that position or that project and you could reach out to them and you could say hey I think you should apply for this and you could you could give a recommendation but that's where it stops you, you then exit the process. You don't get involved any further. But what I've seen is where people just bring them in. They bypass all the other process, the processes, the standard processes that everyone is supposed to go through that determines that you're fit and proper for filling a position or filling a project role so I learned that very quickly especially in the financial sector I worked at a place everybody knew each other because they all worked at the same bank previously Yet this was supposed to be a a project that was without bias. It was supposed to benefit every bank. It's supposed to benefit consumers. 
But it was all driven by money and bonuses. And it was driven by the fact that all these people knew each other. So there was no incentive to do anything different. And I think that is what John McAfee knew. I think he knew the way that these organisations operated. And that's how it was easy for him to gather information and use it to his benefit. Whether, is that, whether that is right or proper, it, de- it depends on what he used it for. Was it for his benefit? Which, in some cases, yeah. Then that is bad practice. That's a misuse of his power because... Maybe he's just... Uh, he was gathering information so that... He could further his own agenda. But if it was to say... Reveal the truth in terms of... A perspective has been given about him. You know, that maybe he's done something. And he can reveal information that says otherwise. That shows that the people that are involved... Are like like the people who bring the mates into new companies because they're leaders because they're in a leadership position they bring all the mates in and bypass all the processes all the normal standard processes if it was like that and if John McAfee knew that that they'd use their influence and their connections in order to simply deal with him because they were he was a nuisance to them maybe or he wasn't providing them with benefit then you could say that that was that was restoring some balance because they'd initiated something that was wholly negative that was to benefit them that was at the expense of somebody else and so the only way to rebalance that would be for John McAfee to present something that shows otherwise that proves that the people that were saying those things that they were doing it for their benefit So, this has just turned into a, a John McAfee cast, I guess. He's a, he's a weird guy. He is a weird guy. Like, I can't read him. It's like, you can't tell if he's a good or a bad guy. Because, as humans, we're trying to determine what is and what is not a threat. And typically if someone displays, if they're good to you, you wouldn't think that they're a threat. 
Well, that's how they get their clothes in. If they are a bad person and they know how to play things, they don't necessarily know what they're doing. They don't know that they're manipulating human behavior, that they're... It, it's more of a... It's more habitual, it's more learnt, it's more... I know that when I'm nice to somebody, they get, they're get nice to me. And I can get what I want from them. That's, that's, what, that's, what they, that's what they would think. Because it's learnt behaviour. If they've done it over and over and over. If they do it one time and somebody says... No, I'm not going to do that for you. You know, say if somebody is just being nice to you and then all they're doing is asking you for money constantly or asking you to pay for things for them. If you didn't pay for them in the first place, the behaviour would change. Maybe they wouldn't be nice to you. Maybe they just won't even bother with you. But say you do pay for them you do pay for stuff and then and then it, it just continues like that and you might think there's something not right you might say they, they said they would give me this money back two weeks ago and I know they've just gone out and bought a new TV but they say they've got no money for me to pay me back it's because they're using you And it's learned behaviour. They know that... They know that they can get money from you. And if you continue to... To pay for them and continue to give them things... Even if they've not paid you back... They've got no reason to pay you back. They may eventually... But they have no reason to pay you back. Because you've enabled them to get what they want and not pay you back and then continue to get what they want without paying you back so it's learned it's all learned behaviour and I forgot my point <laughs> Went from John McAfee to to learnt behaviour. Huh. John McAfee to learn behaviour. Anyway. I'm sure I'll get back onto the... onto the right path eventually.
so John McAfee knows or he knew something about how things operate he was in business so maybe he picked it up that way maybe he just knew uh, that's the game that, that's the rules of the game so to speak that perhaps it's okay for him and the rest of the people within that game to as long as they have information i.e. blackmail to to get what they want that that's okay and that's learned that's behaviour that he learned The uh, documentary, it's still, it's it's very weird the way the media talk about him, because it's very difficult to read him, but then during the documentary you have the filmmakers making comment, like, how it's kind of like a Bond movie or something. And how they're so... They don't know what's going to happen next. But... It's kind of like... They knew that they were going... To meet up with a guy... That was on the run... From the police. From the authorities. So... What, what is the surprise... Because so far in the documentary, it's got as far as they've had to leave Belize. They went by car and then went by boat. They stayed in some hotels. They're in Guatemala. They met up with his girlfriend's uh, great uncle. I mean, what's the surprise? Is it just to make a story? There's so many documentaries. They even tried to make a film about this guy whilst he was still alive. Still alive, and all the people that they cast: Johnny Depp, Seth Rogen, somebody else. They they went. They were cast in a role, and they left. They didn't want to do it. And that was that was five years ago. And I don't think the movie... I don't even know what happened with it. It's just all very weird surrounding this guy. Which is, which is part of the mystery. It's like... Even the, even the media are not sure. The media don't know... don't know what to make of him they tried to cast him as the persona that he tried to portray but it it still doesn't fit I mean these guys were these filmmakers were with him these journalists were with him and they were saying how crazy it was yet they knew that they were talking with a guy that was on the run they met up with a guy that was on the run 
and they were traveling with him. They were doing illegal things. They were entering Guatemala without getting the passport stamped. So it's like, what? You, you're partaking in the same kind of behavior. You're saying it's insane and you're saying that he's insane, but you're still, you're, you're partaking in it. You're doing it. You're going along with it. It doesn't make sense. It's almost like he's an actor. Because the the way that the media have treated him is weird. It's uh, one minute he's a golden boy, the next minute he's an eccentric, crazy millionaire on the run. Then he's a golden boy again, running for president, and then he's eccentric on the run again. very weird very weird there's definitely something that isn't uh, people can't read about him and I think because he got because he had knowledge or he's got knowledge of he knows the game and I think Whilst he said he feared for his life, I think he knew that he was safe. I don't think he... I think it was more the... locking him up. I don't think he wanted to be locked up. Because he knew that they, that, that would be more punish, that would be more of a punishment, I think to be locked up and to be uh, purposely like withdrawn from everything you won't be able to do anything that you wanted it would take his freedom away and I think it was his freedom that he was more afraid of because that's what he stood for right as a presidential candidate libertarian kind of down the middle and that's what I'm saying I think he was a balanced person and our balanced person is somebody that doesn't need to hold on to anger they're not an overly like happy go lucky oh hey 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 like they don't they don't have any imbalance they're more in touch they're more at ease more grounded and I think that's why people can read him because people were looking for the polarity the media were, were were saying that hey look this is the this is how that guy is he this is he's he's polarized he's a he's a murderer he's done all this but it just didn't make sense it didn't fit and i think that's because he was overall he was balanced but to say he was eccentric and crazy is the opposite it's the inverse it's to say he was not stable and he was not balanced but I think that the way that he operated in terms of he knew well I'm gonna I'm, this is my opinion he knew he knew he needed information he knew he needed people that could help him he chose a girlfriend that had <laughs> a great uncle as an attorney general in the place that he wanted to escape to none of that is coincidence that takes a lot of 
it takes some knowing and if you're a crazy eccentric person I don't think you would have that capability you would be polarised you would be you'd be frantic you'd be unstable you wouldn't be thinking like that I think that's why people had a problem figuring him out I think that's why people still do and I think that's why he needed the media because it actually helped him it helped him to attain whatever he needed I'm just seeing a plane come over and it's got a shadow going up it's just crossed the sun and the shadow is going up which means the sun is below the the sun is below the plane but the plane is very low <laughs> and you know what I can see there's a haze over it which is aluminum yeah I can still see the shadow it's in front of the plane on the clouds above it so the sun is hitting the aluminum trail which is reflecting up at the plane you can <laughs> wow that's insane you can see the light reflecting up from the the haze at the plane and then back up to the higher cloud cover and casting a shadow well that's insane I've never seen that before it gave the appearance that the sun was below the plane but it was actually just that cover of that haze of uh, well, what I'm assuming is aluminum it's not, it's not normal clouds yeah tangent again but that, that was something that just happened right if I edited this that would probably have to be cut out so that's why I don't edit any of this stuff because stuff develops as I'm walking I'll start talking about something then I'll start moving on to something else but then the two things will connect at some point so back to John McAfee so I think he was he was a, a balanced guy he knew that I think he knew the system I think he knew the game he knew how to play and I can kind of I, I took my I formed my my opinion from observation of him in videos so I don't have a first hand experience with him I have edited video content that somebody else has taken over many different years but that's what that's the opinion that I formed that he knew he knew the game he may not have known he may not have known it as I'm as I'm speaking it in terms of balance that because he was a, a relatively well balanced guy he could essentially cast whatever he wanted for his gain or for his detriment he created the he said he created the persona that the media used of him this crazy eccentric guy doing bath salts and and all sorts having orgies but but you watch the gringo documentary right and the girl 
the filmmaker goes and speaks to these girls that were living with him and he never the, the stuff that they did sexually it was not sexual it was not the normal it was not normal sexual intercourse it was it was different it's not <laughs> not something that I would do I don't think not something that many people would do but they said that they never had normal sexual intercourse with him which I found weird because the media had all these stories of him going to orgies or having orgies and doing all this stuff and I was like after I saw that part of the documentary I was like it just gets weirder and weirder it doesn't make any sense so anyway so I formed my opinion from watching all these videos from seeing the way that he acts and the way that he talks and the way that he speaks to the media and the, the persona he he portrays to the media and the way that he can identify the people that are useful to him in some way and that he can identify that he needs a film crew with him and then if you start looking into the companies that he had it gets even weirder he was at some he he founded some companies that that were at the beginning that they were the the started they created they created some of the things that we take for granted today like instant messaging i think the company was called tribal voice and the messenger the messaging client was called powwow and apparently it was the first the first instant messaging client that integrated AOL, MSN, MSN Messenger. And then I'm almost certain it became Powwow now because I remember, I remember years ago, it was a teleconference. It's like what you'd say, Skype or Zoom. It was like that. He founded that. And then he founded another... He founded crypto companies. He founded uh, a yoga retreat that was, he opened it and people could go for free. He had uh, light aircraft, you know, like the paragliding things, but motorized. He, he did all sorts. And he created the antivirus, antivirus software. And then he got heavily into cybersecurity and he was messing with these antivirus companies the way that he could market and message he was able to make these companies sound obsolete make companies like Intel sound obsolete in terms of their antivirus products because he was saying it's not, it's not that that matters anymore it's not the virus it's the hackers getting into the, the network of the system so he was very he was very astute He's very, I think he's very balanced. 
Now, I can't speak for everything that is said about him. I can only go from what I can see and what I can feel of what, of what he said in these interviews, these documentaries. He would do... Uh, I don't know if they were live chats, but he would post up stuff on his social media, and I think he used to have a YouTube channel at one point. So I saw a few of those videos, and he would do interviews with like smaller YouTube channels, and I would watch that just to get a feel for the character. And he always just struck me as, as an astute, like somebody that could speak or hold themselves, that knew that knew what they were talking about they seemed like an authority on what they were talking about and I think he was I think he knew the system because he'd obviously gone through it with his first company McAfee which went to great heights and then he left it so I formed that opinion right and then just before I came out I'm watching the documentary and John McAfee's like just arrived in Guatemala and he said he's seeking uh, political asylum so he comes out and gives a speech and then he says he's talking about the corruption that he's captured in the Belizean government and he says he's going to start publishing all the information he's got and he's going to publish it on his blog and he gave the website, whoismcafee.com. So I was like, ah. Oh. So I paused the documentary, went and looked on whoismcafee.com, and to my surprise, it was still up and running. So I'm looking through the site, and there's like all these articles about uh, lawsuits, family or people in the people in the current in the like most recent documentary, the Running with the Devil. The, um, it was just basically posts about people objecting to something about the documentary maybe the way they were cast or the way he was cast you know something like that but then I looked at the older posts and saw the uh, photocopy of what they said was this suicide note that was found in his pocket I think uh, when he supposedly killed himself last year in, two, in 2021 so I thought oh, I, I don't remember seeing that never seen it anywhere so, so I looked at it and I've got to admit it looks like something that he would write based on my opinion that I formed of him but there's some oddities in it. There's a lot of scribble, uh, a lot of things scribbled out where he's started to write something. He's got a train of thought. He's written it. Then he's scribbled it. And then he's maybe taken out some words but added other words. So I'm just going to read it out as it was verbatim. So some of the stuff was not legible. Some of it was crossed out. So I've just, I've marked that. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it verbatim. I'm going to say which, when I get to a word, it was not legible and it was scri uh, scribbled up, okay? Okay, so this is John McAfee's 
parent suicide note. I am a phantom parasite, not legible, scribbled art. Another word, not legible, scribbled art. The present moment. I attempt to use it for my scribbled art, not legible, will, scribbled art, to attain my own ends. Actually, I'm just going to read it verbatim. I won't read the not legible and I won't say it's scribbled because it's just not uh, flowing for me. I'm a phantom parasite. The present moment, I attempt to use it for my will to attain my own ends instead of fully living it. It's a useless, I want to control my future, which does not exist, by using the present with my past as the controller through knowledge of my past which are, is mere ashes of memory, but the here and the now are beyond the control of any and all. Is reality truth, and truth is immutable. So that doesn't sound like your typical suicide note. He doesn't mention his wife or his family or... There's no reason in there. Instead, he's speaking about something that's abstract. And I'll tell you something else that's odd. Every single T on the letter is capitalised. Purposely capitalised. You can see the other letters within the same word are lowercased. But the T's, he's purposely capitalised. I don't know why. I just made a note of that. But it gives some insight, perhaps, if this was written by him, which to me it sounds like it could have been. But as to whether it was a suicide note or not, I don't know. But to say that he wants to control his future, which does not exist, by using the present with my past as the controller. So he's basically saying that he's trying to manipulate, or he tried to manipulate what is his current situation, his present, by using the past to control it. What does that mean? But he's saying that he wants to control the future, but he's saying that that doesn't exist. But if you could control the present, why would you need, why would you need to consider the future? Isn't everything just the present moment? If you could control, if you could control the present from the, uh, using your past, you would have no need to control with the future as such. Perhaps what he's saying is that there is no... that it's perhaps not possible, that you could not use your past to control something that does not exist. 
the future. Because if you think about the things I've spoken about in terms of quantum science, the science of quantity, when you're, when you're born, the unknown state unravels. It becomes known that you're alive. But then if you consider entanglement, that the possibility that you're not alive must also be true for it to be balanced. People might say this is bullshit because there's no proof, but I'm just taking a fundamental principle of a quantum state, which says that there must be balance. Even an unknown state is balanced. That's the quantum state because it's every possibility is contained within it. So each one is equal. So when that unfolds and that becomes observed, it must also, it must still be equal. It can't be polarized because you're moving towards death from the moment you're living. Does that make sense? Everything is decaying. The thing that controls that is the rate of decay. Stability. The stability of the element. The stability of the state. And your state is determined by your health. And your health is wholeness. Being whole. If you're not whole, you're not healthy. If you're whole, if you're healthy, you're in a stable, balanced state and you've got stability, which means your rate of decay is going to be lessened to a degree, whatever that degree is. So, I'm kind of losing my train of thought again. Saw a bunch of people walking, so it's kind of taking me off topic a little bit. So, so stability, that's what helps you maintain your state. That's what helps reduce the rate of decay moving from one state to another state. But both states have to exist equally. Because from the beginning, before it's observed, It's an equal balanced condition. 
the quantum state is balanced. So, if um, so once the state is known, once the thing has been observed. Again, the state is either, it becomes subject to forces of balance. Whereas the unknown state is fixed, it's fixed balance. You can't say that anyone is, is more possible when it's in that state. That's fixed balance, right? But after it's been observed, it becomes subject to the force of balance, let's say. And when I say the force of balance is the rate of decay is going to try and... Things are going to try and pull you in different directions, which is going to increase or decrease your rate of decay. That's disrupting your... Disrupting balance, right? So, so by remaining in balance, the rate of decay is slowed by however, however much and retained at a certain rate by however much until the, until the balance has changed, until, until, until something changes, either the conditions or the... Um, Either the conditions of the conditions around the person or the thing changes. It's kind of escaping me now. <laughs> Let me try a different approach. Isaac Newton, each action has an equal and opposite reaction. That's balance. He's describing balance. If something is true when it's observed, it's also false when it's observed, right? That would be applying Isaac Newton's statement to the quantum state, to the observation of the quantum state. And then if you use the double slit experiment, were the particles arrange themselves in an orderly pattern, right? If you've got a song that's observed by a hundred people,
depending on who the people are. Actually, let's remove any variability in it. Let's say 50 of the people like the song, 50 of the people don't like the song. That gives you an equal number of particles on each side of the for each of the gaps, right? You don't know which gap each particle went through. You don't know which gap each person went through in terms of liking or not liking the song until you observe it. But I don't know. <laughs> I think maybe I should just stop. I think it's getting a bit too uh, a bit too heavy. I think I've I think I've kind of reached the point of trying to. almost like forcing a way to to understand it in a different in different or express it in a different way I think that's probably why it's not coming out as as effective and as easily as uh, as I was hoping so maybe I'll let that I'll let that sit for a few days but John McAfee I think he knew something he knew about the game he knew how to play the media to his advantage he may not have known why he may just have known that by doing that enough times that it swayed things in his favour and that he's a difficult guy to read because I think he's he was very balanced on the whole even though the stories were saying he's eccentric, he's crazy from my observation of what I've seen in the videos maybe that was what he was trying to portray he was trying to portray a balanced person but you would pick up at some point the true intention and I didn't really pick that up yet so maybe at some point I, maybe that will happen maybe I'll watch something else that I've not seen that he's in speaking or or something and maybe that will change my opinion but from what I've seen so far he's a difficult person to place in polarity because I don't think the polarity exists and when I say polarity I don't think it it means he's balanced he's what you call stable I know that's good that's controversial to say because that is not the popular opinion of him but my observation that's what I deduced and reading his what is his supposed suicide note also just raises more questions about why he wrote what he did about trying to use the past to control his present which 
you could say that that worked to a degree to some degree because he seemed to be relatively lucky right in terms of always uh having the right people around him having the right influence it just seems a bit odd But yeah, I think that's it. I think uh, I'm sure in a few days there'll be maybe more to elaborate on. But I think for the time being, that is good enough. <laughs>